What's up, guys? This Wednesday, March 30th, Greg and I are hosting Uncovered Final Fantasy 15. It's a live event at 7 p.m. Pacific that's going to reveal the release date of the game, finally, along with a whole bunch of cool stuff. It's all going to be streamed, so make sure you come support us live for all the news, excitement, and shenanigans. What's up, guys? Welcome to episode 63, the first ever of the kind of funny games cast as always i'm your host tim gettys joined by the coolest dudes in video games colin moriarty and one now three-time award-winning yeah. greg miller what yeah. is it three times in four months three times in four months three times in four months we achieve. Right. we achieve that's a really cool award yeah i like that one yeah the game is. of the year has a firewire port and i think you might be able to use it as a real controller Ooh. which means yeah. mine sucks so you got to get on that next year, Greg. Figure it the fuck out. Kevin, start making a game for me, will you? Thanks, Kev. My good Lord. <laughs> and of course, rounding us out, we have the, the coolest dudette. Can we call you dudette? Sure. Roll like with the that? turtles. Andrew Renee. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yay. Thanks Renee. for having me, guys. This I'm so glad your, to be back. Your thrice return? I think it's my third time, yeah. Yeah. So you are now the, the reigning champion of, of the kind of funny games oh. cast. <laughs> We're going to have a good show today. Kevin, I'm feeling really good trophy. about this. Yeah, she make deserves a trophy yeah. as well. Do so we sell that second championship belt? You go make the worst games cast title. I mean, you can. I did bring you candy. A lot of candy. She's very nice. She brought us a whole Easter basket, including <laughs> yeah. a Batman. Yep. Kevin, can you get the Easter basket? Oh, you're giving her the. Oh, oh there it is. You're oh, the man. reigning <laughs> games cast. You made that so bad. Can you get the Easter basket? I want to show show the people. This is awesome. Now that eventually will be needed for Monopoly streams as well. <laughs> So I'll just hold it for a minute. No, you now you got it the whole show. Now whole you're show? now you're locked in. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so should I like put it on? I don't you're probably do the only person in this house that it fits. Yes. <laughs> 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 you can see the gaff tape all around it as we tried to make it fit <laughs> our lumpy, lumpy bodies. <laughs> so what have you been up to, Andrew? Um, a lot actually. Um, the last couple of months have been really crazy for me, which is really exciting. Um. The biggest announcement I've made, or I should say the most recent announcement, is that's the Easter there basket. There it is, there it is. <laughs> Batman's listing. You guys haven't tried the, the Batman candy yet, though. Happy Easter. Thank you. <laughs> Batman's leaning back. <laughs> <laughs> the biggest announcement is? Uh, I am the new host of Yahoo Esports. Congratulations. Thank you. That is awesome. It's been a very exciting opportunity for me to work with the awesome team at Yahoo Sports, who is heading up the esports division over there. Um, just working with a production team who's worked with the NFL, the NBA, NHL, all of the major leagues, and really seeing how they run their production for these huge live action sports events and how they're bringing that process to esports has been like very um, educational for me to see just how much goes on behind the scenes and also meeting more of the players and meeting some of our in-depth experts that we have on staff, Travis Gafford and Dylan Walker and uh, Taylor Cock and we're hiring more people mm -hmm. to kind of round out our coverage so it's been really really exciting So you're telling me there's people out there that talk about video games not in their spare bedroom? Correct. Oh wow. my God. One day. It's, One it's day. <laughs> the dream is real. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, this is the kind of funny games cast. Every week we get together, we talk about video games and all the things that we love, and then you get to see it over youtube.com slash kind of funny games Monday through Thursday. There's a topic video day by day broken out, and then Friday you get the full video, you get the full MP3 either at that same place or on iTunes, any of your favorite podcast places. But wait, Greg. Yeah. What if they want it early? What can they do? If only there was a service called patreon.com slash kind of funny oh games God. to do that. 
Yeah. If there was, which there is, you can go there, throw some money our way, and you get the show early and a bunch of other stuff if you want that stuff. So that's great. And another exciting news, Greg. Yeah. Me and you. Yeah. We're about to announce some release dates. Final Fantasy 15. Really? Finally upon us. Yeah. We are hosting the Final Fantasy 15 Uncovered event, which happens next week if you're listening to this as a Patreon user. This week, if you're watching it on YouTube, right. it is Wednesday, March 30th, mm-hmm. 7 p.m., Pacific time right from the Shrine Auditorium in, in LA. sunny Los Angeles. Oh, yeah, it's really exciting We're announcing the release date a whole bunch of other stuff perhaps who knows maybe we there is really spe- Maybe there are special guests and when I say that I don't just mean Andre the black nerd. I mean like like people you've seen do things before in ways you would say they would never work with these Yahoo's yeah, us here they us. are. Here, uh, we're, yeah. we're pretty Yahoo yeah, hooligans is what they, they're <laughs> yeah. referring to us these days. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's very exciting. We get to host it. I am stoked. I want to know what the release date is. Yeah. I've been waiting for this for like a bazillion years. How excited are you? I'm very excited. February 2017. Okay. I would die. Bold I would <laughs> I would riot even more. 2019. <laughs> Fuck out of here. Why even bother at this point? Releasing I hate you all? so much, um, Colin. Wait, before we go on, I had one more thing I wanted to talk about. Yeah. I'm also hosting for Gamer Next Door. That's a, so here's the thing. Yay. You're going to get your whole own topic. We're, yeah, we're going to talk about you. So let's wait then. So we're, we're going to wait on that. Stop okay. getting ahead of yourself I'm over sorry. here. I'm, all I'm, over just, I'm really hopping don't, up on sugar now. No, I appreciate it. I appreciate it. I ate too many jelly beans. <laughs> <laughs> and now Kevin's over here. Going to town on Reese's. So yeah, Greg, so we're doing that. Yeah. They can find, there's going to be a live stream. So you can either, there's going to be thousands of people there. I think it said something like 6,000, 7,000. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's crazy. Yeah. A whole bunch of best friends. I can't wait to see you all there. Then, if you're not at the event, you can watch it on Twitch and YouTube and all the places. Don't know the URL, but I'm sure it's somewhere. So, <laughs> figure it Kevin's out. Kevin's putting it right there. Final Fantasy. Don't say that because last time Kevin didn't put any of the links in. The, in I didn't the, send him, but you didn't remind me. It's a whole process. When anyway. you say there's a link on the screen, Kevin puts it in. When you say link in the description, then Whose job is happens. that? That's not, job, that's not Kevin's job? Mm. In that video, well, no, I told he doesn't write the publish information. Mm. We have, a, I believe it or not, this isn't as well-oiled the machine as we let on sometimes. <laughs> yeah, no, and it, mainly it's crazy. we say we'll say things like, "Yeah, somebody should do that," and everybody goes, "Well, it's not my job," and yeah. then no one does it. Exactly, doing, doing metadata is like Ugh. it's like the ultimate like intern work. Yeah, it really is, but I like it so much, and I don't know why. <laughs> I'm a sick fuck. You're like, ooh, give me that SEO. Yeah, I love SEO. <laughs> <laughs> it's my favorite. Um, anyways, okay, yeah, FinalFantasyXVUncovered.com is, I think, the, right, the website. The, it has yeah. all the information there, so you'll, you, you'll know. You'll know everything. And by next week, you no, will know like, the release date. No, like, preview? You can't give us anything else? We can't give shit, nothing? no. If only of- I could give hints as to who the special guests might be. <laughs> Oh, Greg. <laughs> That's awesome. That would be cool if that were to happen. Anyways, topic one of the show is the NX. Who's excited? Oh, X going to give it to you. I'm excited. X going to give it to you. But this isn't exciting news. This now, you you have already gone on the record as yeah. saying you are the biggest NX fan. I'm the, not the biggest. I'm number one. Okay. You're the number one NX yeah, fan, boy, which means you have to like this. Fights me for that. Yeah. That, does not, that doesn't mean that. You know, you watch Batman v Superman doesn't mean you have to like it. It's true. But with this, this is what I've been waiting for. Not happening. And it did. Where we see this controller and we've seen this in like patent kind of just diagrams and shit over the last couple months where it's like Nintendo had some patent and then you see some stupid ass looking thing. And I'm like, all right, why is this Hey Arnold shaped controller going on? I'm not down for this. But I'm like, there's no way. 
there was no way Nintendo would do that. That's just There's too, a thousand percent way. Too wrong. Too wrong. I mean, you're talking about the people who made the Wiimote and the Nunchuck. That's true. And but those like were that, super successful. That made sense from uh, them trying something different perspective. This is them supposed to not do something different. They're supposed to be getting back into the normal shit. You know, that's what we all want. That's what we all expect it, at least. Like we're talking about this console handheld hybrid thing. And Which it's like is so normal. I mean, it is. That's that's pretty like easy to wrap your head around. This is like, why? Like, what? I don't even understand what the, the thought process. What did you would think the, the handheld slash controller would look like? I don't know. It could be something more similar. To so you think this. it would be like a 3ds with like grips or something? I thought it would have buttons. Oh, you know that Nintendo doesn't believe cool in buttons. Look at the huge critical and commercial success the Wii U gamepad was. It has buttons, Greg. I know, but what? it has a screen that everybody loves. That's what you really use. All the games using that touch screen. I hate you so much. And it was only one <laughs> anyway, touch. I hope this is only one touch as well. Oh, you man. have two control sticks and one big button you just tap on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I mean, it, this is really kind of disheartening to me because it this looks bad. This Do is you have any of, hope? For this controller? If yeah. this is the controller, I have no hope. Wow. Yeah. No, this looks really bad. Because really, I feel really like bad. when the Wii, the Wii Mote did come around, like we were like, what the fuck is this? Da, da, da. But it was interesting, and I remember getting excited for it because it, it was something different. You just had too much different, I guess. Yeah, but this this isn't something different. This is something that we already know we're not going to like. Like the Wii Mote, we, we've never experienced gaming that sure. way. This, I've experienced touch gaming on my phone constantly. I've experienced playing, trying to play real games on a, a phone, and it doesn't work out. Mm -hmm. You know, like even when there's like real games, like you play the, the old school Sonic games or whatever, or like... Um, any of the first-person shooters that, that they come out with or, RP, or like the Final Fantasy games like you can play Final Fantasy 7 on your phone It doesn't feel right. What do you mean real games? Maybe that's a whole topic for another time But I think games that are developed specifically for mobile devices work really well on the mobile platform and Nintendo Has shown that they are a leader in innovation in many different categories So maybe they've made something that you just haven't thought about yet that's true, but these are the people that made the Wii U and that did all that stuff. So and or and the Wii, which didn't do that, you know, like that again. We were talking about VR a couple weeks ago, like which didn't do what Nintendo never like kind of uh, came through on the promise of what the Wii could do. Like, what are you talking about? Like what? What did it do? Like a hundred million units worldwide? Yeah, didn't come through on the promise. But we're talking about the games, though. We're talking about there like were the some real games. games on there the were, Wii. and I love the Wii. I. I personally love the Wii. Yeah, it's but, interesting to see hear you talk about it like this. But I mean, I mean, the Wii is garbage. But but there were there were there were great games on it for sure. Yeah. Well, okay, yeah, but what yeah. were the great games? Galaxy, okay. Galaxy Two, yeah. I like Zach and Wiki a lot. Twilight Princess, mm -hmm. yeah, <laughs> all games that didn't need. <laughs> I can't I can't Wiimote. go down the Twilight Princess road. We won't. We won't. No, no, but, uh, <laughs> no there, there don't are, need the Wii No, no, I agree. No, I agree with you. I mean, I think the, the Wii was an awful system. And trust me, I was a I was a Nintendo apologist for a very long time. We remember this when we first met, where I'd buy all right. my third party games even on Wii because I was like, it can't be this bad. But it was. We can't we can't quantify like uh, we can't really uh, talk about the sales success of Wii being intrinsically linked to how good the console is, though. You know, that's just not the way it works. Otherwise, you know, a lot of albums that sold, went platinum, you know, five times or diamond or whatever certified that are just garbage would mean that those are better than some of these records that sell that go gold or silver. So I don't like it. We talked about that this morning on, on Colin and Greg Live about Batman versus Superman, about everyone judging it. It's merits based on how much money it makes. And I'm like, who cares how much money is making? It, it, people are going to see it anyway. Is it good or is it bad? Mm -hmm. Nintendo makes unintuitive and shitty decisions. And they have since the N64. I mean, we talk a lot about um, the, the things that they did pioneer that did make sense. The D-pad, shoulder buttons, rumble. I mean, these things did stick around. But then you had them making a console that was cartridge based when it was obviously a bad idea. Then you had them make 
uh, a console with the little mini CDs and mini discs instead of using normal CDs that people you know maybe put a DVD player or anything to help push units. Then they made this motion control thing that wasn't very powerful. Then they made this console with a shitty Fisher Price tablet. Then they made these handhelds with gimmicky 3D on them that were not powerful at all that can't even run. I just was reading Hyrule Warriors. Uh, 3ds reviews today about how bad it is and stuff like that so it's like they have a history a long ago of making great decisions and then more recently making shitty decisions so seeing this controller if it's real and we don't know if it's real or not um isn't surprising to me since they don't make good decisions i guess i forgot how much you hate nintendo i mean i disagree with you wholeheartedly i don't think they've made universally bad decisions i think the 3ds has shown that that was a very great decision. They've sold millions and millions of units of 3DS and hundreds of millions of units of software for that device. And we already talked about uh, it. I'm down with yeah. the 3DS. He's, a, he's so, against that shit. The vast library. You know. Regarding the NX controller, I don't think it's real. I don't think it looks real. I don't think it looks like something they, they would actual, actually do. I think taking away the iconic D-pad, as you mentioned, is something that would be mm-hmm. catastrophic mm-hmm. for the gaming experience on a console that's meant to compete with PS4 and Xbox One. So, I mean, I... I don't, I mean, you have to remember, even if it is real, it's also just a prototype. So it's possible that they are going to be adding things into it. I remember seeing the very first prototype of the Steam controller and how different the final version of the controller was from the original prototype. Did you guys ever see the original prototype? I mean, I still am not a fan of the Steam controller. So, I mean, maybe Nintendo's trying to take a page from, you know, Valve's book and say, let's do something completely different. Mm-hmm. You know, because the, the Steam controller is completely different than, you know, what you get with the dual stick, you know, controller that we get with the, you know, PlayStation and Xbox. So for you thinking it's not real, do you think it's just a mock up somebody took off that patent to get up, have a popular day on the Internet? Yeah, totally. I mean, it happens all the time in tech where, you know, these leaks happen. Oh, it's real. I mean, it's very possible that there are certain things that are real. The patents are real. Right. But it doesn't mean that just because they've patented something that they're actually making it. I mean, mm-hmm. many tech companies patent things that they never make, like they never actually put into production. They only have prototypes of. Yeah. And you know, reading through the NeoGAF thread today, like obviously, like these are the type of perfect conspiracy theory, just like flame bait, where people are just going to jump on it and just kind of come up with a bunch of stuff. And then everyone has their opinion on it. And then that opinion kind of just becomes you know, just more cannon fodder to the whole thing. And uh, it's interesting to look at like the thing, the facts are there was a patent that, that came out. Right. And then the last couple that was back in, I want to say November, like it was, it was a while ago. And then the, over the last couple, like the last month we've seen this image, like this, this controller kind of come up in a couple different images in different ways. Like there was the one that we saw that it looked like there was actually gameplay on it. And that was the one that I'm like, Ooh, like there's no way this can be real because this looks so bad where, the gameplay takes up the whole football shape. And so then your thumbs would be blocking it. It's like, how does that even make sense? You know, yeah. like for games to be designed that way, it's like, so is it supposed to be this with the TV? But then if it's just portable, how does that work? And again, they'd explain all that stuff over time. But when I saw that image, I'm like, this is definitely someone Photoshopped this. This is fake. Then today when we see these, these new ones, I'm like, that looks exactly like that. So it's either people that are just making really convincing fake things or it's real and so then i got a couple uh tweets here from andy mcnamara from over at uh game informer he said i heard the nx wouldn't have face buttons so the leaked pictures match what he was told but unable to confirm and he's not saying the pictures are real but saying that the match information he had so it's like there's the patent and then there's also all these like industry people talking about all this shit and it's like the fact that it all kind of adds up is what worries me the most and then the the biggest thing is the internet doing its sleuthing and the image that was the out trees. today the trees man where for people that don't know there's this image where 
you can see the MacBook and it's a Swedish MacBook and people looked up all the Swedish developers and found massive games and found a, a window with a tree outside of it and the reflection on the controller matches the tree outside and it's like it's pretty it's pretty it's wild pretty wild like it's, it's a little much I don't I don't I don't know that that you know I don't know that this is real or not I I err on the side that it probably is um just knowing just being involved even in in knowing a lot of things about ps4 specifically before anyone really knew anything about it and how those pictures started to leak and you're like oh shit like the, the things you hear are true mm-hmm. so i don't i don't um i don't discount it i also want to be clear that i don't hate nintendo i just find them funny uh like i think gba and ds were good decisions that they made and you wouldn't have found any bigger nintendo apologist than me during the n64 and gamecube eras but um I'm just not going to apologize for their decisions anymore. They they make laughable decisions, and and so they make good th- games though. That's really they do make good games matters. sometimes. I mean, they're making fewer good games now than they ever did, and I think that eh. you know, like Star Fox, for instance, it looks like it might we'll be see. running on a Jury's out might on be running on GameCube. So uh, to me, it's it's just that's why it's like an intuitive thing to be like, yeah, of course they're going to do something strange because why wouldn't they? But they also don't want to compete with PS4 and Xbox One. And maybe they shouldn't. They're like in a space, but they're in the space between, which is an awkward place to be. I mean, Dreamcast was in that place, for instance, and it wasn't a good place. Um, so I don't know. I, I I think that I don't know if it's real or not. McNamara saying, who is very well connected, saying that he's hearing things that are congruent with that controller. Other people saying the same thing, but then other people saying that it's not real. Um, I don't know who to believe or what to believe, but since the patents, since the patents exist, it would really be quite the long con to make something like this, and then tease people with it it's possible you would have to really know what you're doing to put something like that together and i don't think that that's true either so i don't know these things are eventually going to leak just like the orbis controller leaked and it was real so mm-hmm. um i don't know i'm interested and i'm excited to see it the big question that someone posed on 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 twitter which a lot of people it was uh chris kohler actually said and we talked about this on colin and greg live today is is this the whole thing mm-hmm. and that was like the that was the interesting thing i hadn't thought about which was uh, is like since it's supposed to be a hybrid is this the con is this <laughs> Like all that they're going to release is this little thing, and then maybe there's a, a set top, uh, yeah. set by, you know, a box, a, a, like a receiver, some sort. I really should call it um, for the unit that can be played on TV or whatever. I don't know. It brings, it, assuming it's real, then we have bigger questions about like what the entire unit is or whatever. But I don't, I don't know. It doesn't look fake to me. But who the hell really knows? The uh, the rest of the information along with the images on the Reddit post where only the upper nubs of the sticks move. The bottom section is static, similar to the circle pad on the 3ds. So that's great news. Um, rollers on top resemble the mouse scroll wheel, wheel. So I guess on the top there's like, yeah, you can see them. They look like shoulder buttons. Yeah. yeah. And then uh, feedback similar to Apple's taptic feedback, which I guess that's cool. Um, and then, scary, uh, man. Just a, a normal headphone jack on the device itself, which you know kind of leads to the that's good. That's modern bullshit. So I think it's like yeah. simultaneously exciting that they're doing something different, and also all I can think of is I don't want to learn how to play something new. Right. It took me so long to master dual sticks and the current, you know, controller layout that we have now that the idea of trying to learn something new just does not sound appealing to me. Maybe I'm just lazy. Mm -hmm. No, I think I think it's real. I think it's fascinating. I'm more interested in the NX the closer we get to it, because when we started talking about it, even when there was the rumor, right, that it was going to be the handheld version is what would hit. And then the next year we'd get the console version or whatever the hell you want to call it. I still think it is this split thing. I think it is maybe not all of it, but that is the thing that you take with you on the road and you 
pop in your bag and you put out and you play in the plane and you get home and you beam it to your TV. That's interesting. And I think it sticks with, I, we're all, we always talk about the Nintendo we know or in for each one of us, right? This sticks with the Nintendo I know. And the Nintendo I know is a brilliant toy company. They make toys. They make a couple great games. They do a lot of great game stuff, but there's, they are putting out toys for people. And I don't mean that that is not me taking a jab at them. I'm saying that they take chances on waggle on the pad on these different things. And, they want you to experience their toys in a very specific way, a very interesting way. And I'm interested to see what they do. I still stand by that just like with the Wii U and just like with the Wii, they started deviating because they can't compete with Xbox and PlayStation on what they're doing, let alone PC. And this, this of course though falls into the same trap that Colin's always talking about where my argument becomes that they're this toy manufacturer. They're putting out this toy. They're going to still have awesome Mario Zelda Metroid games for it. But then where's the third party? And then the mm-hmm. argument becomes, well, Nintendo fans will support it if it has great Nintendo games. But then we look at the Wii U sales and that's not what it is. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the interesting good news if, is if that sleuthing with the tree is real or not. It's so ridiculous that I can't believe that that's real. I mean, uh, well, that's the thing is, like, you know, the Internet is is not new. It's not a, a baby. So it's like people have been through these kind of like leaked things and trying to prove them wrong or right for years at this point. And I've seen it time and time again that if something's fake, it's pr- most likely going to get you know, shut down pretty instantly. People are doing like Photoshop, like file things of seeing how many times the image was resaved and like all these weird, like metadata stuff to figure it out. And they're like, these images look legit. They look clean, which is the it's like CSI over there. And that's crazy. Well, what I was going to say was that assuming again, assuming it's real and assuming that that tree is really outside of massive, that's a Ubisoft studio. So that answers your question about, Third party support. Third parties are clearly making games for it. Like what for now? Well, yeah. So no, like, I don't. I think that's jumping the gun. Ubisoft has been like the one standalone third party partner that has been consistently with Nintendo through all of the iterations of their consoles. Like, wait till you get your rabbits. I don't. I mean, we haven't seen really any other major publisher sticking by Nintendo, especially through the Wii U era. Well, Square Enix said they will make things for it too. Dragon Quest, for instance, is going to be on it. But yeah, you're right. We'll see. I mean, EA, for instance, doesn't seem like it's super going to be super interested in it. They weren't very super interested in my online. Yeah. They weren't super interested in um in Wii U. I don't know. I th- I I think if someone was like ten dollars bet, is it real or it's not? I'm like, yeah, that's real. Um, it. So my problem with it, and we were talking about it again on Colin and Greg, was it's really small. Like if you and it 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 looks like it could be comfortable to hold. The question I have is. It looks like this is what I was looking at, and I can't really tell. Like, does it have shoulder buttons at all? Well, it has the like wheel things. Wheel things. Yeah. So it looks like the size of a Vita, doesn't it? Yeah, but it has. See, the the problem with it is that since you are right, the overlay of the analog sticks with the screens, like it would have been more interesting to, like I said, to go to the widest part and then draw perpendicular lines out and make a box. I mean, yeah, because I I just don't understand like why you wouldn't want to have more screen if the if the idea was to make a portable that was contingent on playing on TV. If you want, then you would want it to be bigger. It looks it looks like the Vita would it looks like it would fit on top of the Vita, but it looks like it's missing some screen or whatever. But it looks like it could be wider, too. So I don't I I don't know. This is very similar to the argument about PS4 and Xbox One were revealed and everyone's like the Xbox One is small. I'm like the Xbox One looks like huge compared to the PS4 and but no one could really tell until people finally got them both and put them on top of each other. So yeah, yeah I think the shape, we saw them in the shape of it is the thing that that throws me off and just turns me off the most. The oval? <clears throat> yeah, because head. we're just not used to that. And I mean, it's we're not used to that for a reason, you know, like movies, TV, it's, there's a, a widescreen format. 16 by nine is a thing, especially with video games. Like th- there's no advantage to having it be an oval shape. Like I can't even wrap my head around Thinking and again, it's not my job to do that. It is their job, but you know, I can look at the gamepad and be like, okay, I can 
imagine things that I'd want to do on this or even with the the Wiimote and stuff you can imagine wanting to do archery and like swords and stuff with this it's like well, I would rather a rectangle, and it's I'd rather not block It's probably more comfortable it. to hold long term in that shape than a square shape. Yeah, you figure you're even right. This, you this is the, rounded right, on that naturally, like how on your, both sides. your fingers are it's, rounded. Yeah, it's rounded, so it would fit better. I'm scrolling well, I get up here. that, but I mean, I'm looking at my news, make it like the Vita weather. Then. Make it like the gamepad, where it's like the yeah. screen is still rectangle. I don't get it either. I don't understand the whole. I don't understand. I have to keep qualifying assuming it's real. I don't know. I just don't understand why the entire the entire service also has to be the screen Like I, do, I don't quite understand that design. It's cool. Yeah, it's yeah. cool. It, it, I guess it's cool But like I, I see I want to have and I did have an open mind about NX because I assumed that and I still do I guess because we don't know what it is that it could be something kind of revolutionary in the sense that maybe they really do understand the console handheld hybrid and, and handhelds I think really are more at their heritage of what they do right now um, than their console stuff but like, I fear not having real buttons on it. Like, I think that I don't. I don't know. This seems to be like a half step towards a phone. It's not a phone, but like in tor- in, in terms, like I don't. I don't want to play games on a phone. I don't like touchscreen games typically. And I just, how is it all going to work? It seems like it seems like it's going to be cluttered. Mm-hmm. I guess is what I'm saying. Like, where? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I just don't. I just don't get it. I mean, that's the other thing. Like, imagine where would a, a button be on that? Where's a jump? Well, imagine if. And Nintendo takes their new mobile division and puts the majority, if not all of their resources into only making mobile games because that's where the money's at. I mean, look at, you know, some of the other Japanese companies are doing the same thing. Konami is kind of getting out of like the triple A, you know, space in in favor of mobile stuff. So I, I think that that's something to consider. Like maybe this is intended to be like a mobile device that they're not going to be doing these triple A console games anymore that they're going to really focus on this, you know, generation that takes their phones with them everywhere. But mm-hmm. why make a device then? Yeah. That's the that's the biggest question to me is like instead swallow of, your pride just and just use the making, phones that Yeah, yeah like use iPhone and Android. Platforms. They need to not even I'm not even saying Xbox One and PS4 which would be awesome, but you know, if you're going to make phone games which they already are with DNA, then why not make like why make a platform? This is this is the biggest thing. I just feel like they are they are struggling with for ideas, man. Like I, I like if this hardware is real again, I, I just feel like just get out. Like, ugh. I don't know. I don't, I, I feel like they're, 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 they're genetically. They make games. They've never really made great hardware. Like the, like the hardware ran great games. And so we loved it. Like the NES is still my favorite console of all time because of the library, but it was a weak console compared to its, com- you know, compared to its competition. And it stuck around for a really long time. Kevin, I just wonder why they, I just wonder why they don't. Uh, can you grab me the Wii U gamepad? I just wonder why they don't, just swallow their pride and make shit tons of money putting games on on other platforms exclusively. Like, what's because the big you deal? Because you can see it. You can see the E3 press conference, ladies and gentlemen. The NX isn't your next console. It's the next experience. <laughs> Lights off. <laughs> X is all over the place. X and is all through. over the place. So here's the deal. Looking at this, if I was to take this, there is a gamepad in that theoretical there. controller, and I was to rotate it over and put it there. It looks like the screen. Is about the width, or yeah, what length? I guess right, length here of the side of the controller. Maybe a little bit bigger, right? If I was to swing it over that, and then you figure. So, what you're dealing with then is two sticks on the sides here, like that, and that's about how big it would be. Now, 
theoretically that way that screen's not that like no so stick with me here because what i'm thinking about like what about a traditional game right what you would then i would think looking at these be easy enough to draw lines down black out the sides of it and you'd have the widescreen game not everything maybe looks like this where it's taking up the whole screen so suddenly you have a screen that wide sticks over here and then maybe a button on this like offset kind of like this right so that's the stick and then there's a button here so I'm up here and I can go down there to hit whatever I'm playing with. Again, it's touchscreen gaming, but that's where you put your virtual buttons. That's how you play a game that's more traditional and the, the view you want of it. But even that screen, less than the plus, and you have a plus two. I don't know, man. I'm, I, what I'm curious about is like... That screen would be about as... Yeah, it would be that screen size. Even with the sticks on the side of it, it's about as wide so as the iPhone 6. It's small. I, I, I don't know. I'm more curious to see like what the Nintendo faithful really, really, really think about this. And I haven't actually looked too much into it yet. Like I've been reading the Neo Gaff throughout. I mean, everything. And everyone seen. and everyone seems super down on it. Yeah. I, I mean, even even the the hardcore people that I've seen, they all are like, "What the fuck is this?" And I mean, that's me. Like, I, I don't want this. Like, I can't even. I maybe can't we even do. Try maybe we do. Maybe this. we do want it. I, exactly. I, that's what that's what I'm trying to say. Is like I don't know. Like, remember when we didn't want PlayStation Move? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I do no, remember. This is just. It's just, it's just, it's like, let's see, let's see how powerful it is. Let's see what the games that it can be played. Let's see how the controls work. We'll find out soon. I mean, it's, it's, they're, this isn't going to force their hand. They're, they have their plan. They're going to stick to it and it's probably going to be E3, yeah. but, but I don't know. It's, uh, it's Nintendo, Nintendo. And this is what they do, guys. Stop <sighs> trying to believe in your eight bit Nintendo, your 16 bit Nintendo. They are gone. No, but so here's my thing though. I still love the Wii U games. Like Wii U games You're are still going to get those games, up, but that's the thing is I don't know if I am with this. You're buying that thing. You're going to get those oh, games. I'm not saying I'm not going to buy Well, they came forward and said that they're not ending production of the Wii U, as was rumored earlier this week. And they are like, no, that's false. Why would we do that? So you're still going to get Wii U games. I mean... Uh, oh, he means Wii U top, caliber no, games caliber, on, this, on the Like NX. the Nintendo first party games. You mean games. like the next generation of Smash. whatever the Wii I is. I also don't believe them. Like, that's the other, that's the other thing, considering the you source... You think they of, would blatantly lie about well, it? Well, Kotaku made a good point that Nikkei, like, always gets their Nintendo rumors right. Like, why would this be any different? They have to say something, because otherwise, otherwise people are going to be like, well... You're just going to, it's over thing. now, like already, yeah. like why would I even invest any money in buying this? Why would I buy any of the games? Like they have to say something. I, I to them, I don't know, like the, the source, the source seemed compelling. If that came from some random forum in Japan or whatever, I'd be like, okay, but like Nikkei like leaks all sorts of shit about Nintendo and it's right. So like I, this, this seems to be a weird one that they got wrong. I, th I don't think they're outright lying. I think like maybe, you're lying. maybe they're still saying, well, we're still going to produce it for a little while and we, but I uh, bet like you the they still. The timing is different. Well, I, I mean, we all know it's going to end eventually, but. Three years yeah. seems to be pretty right, like pretty you know, a little over three years, I guess, is like quick, quick. So That's I, all it's been since the Wii U's been out. It's twenty twelve, right? Jesus fall twenty twelve. Christ. So yeah, fall twenty twelve. Okay. So it was uh, yeah before PS four and Xbox One were even announced. I just think that they have to get that thing out of the way, and they probably are sitting on a lot of stock too. I mean, the thing hasn't been selling very well, so it's not like stupid business wise for them on the back end to say like just stop. But I don't think they can like let the consumer know. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, like there's still games, big games coming out. So it would be disastrous for them, I think, to say that. But I think that they know that they're kind of left with a like a lagging piece of hardware and they have to do something with it. Um, what I'm more curious about with this is like, again, is this like the first image is plugged into something. It's probably plugged into a dev kit um, and there's a black box that's like overlaid over something. Right. Like we can all agree on that. Like someone. Well, this, this is an older image. No, that I know. I mean, that's an image I saw a yeah, while ago. That is the overlay. So. I don't know. I, I <laughs> this kind of shit annoys me. Like whenever I see leaks like this, because then it just develops like a million questions about it. Mm -hmm. 
that I don't have answers to because I don't have any connections. There's always like one I wish I could time travel. Just jump ahead, see what's up. Yeah. <laughs> Come back, do Let's Plays for all these games, have them banked. <laughs> well, we'll see. we'll see. I'm sorry that, you know, I, people expect me to be pessimistic about it, but I'm sorry to hear that a lot of the Nintendo fans are pessimistic about it. I thought that they would be I mean, a I, little this, more optimistic. No, because you understand they've all tricked themselves, this. Colin. This was the return to a real controller and a, a box more powerful than the PlayStation 4, and all the real games would be ported to it, and it would be the one device to rule them all. I don't even need all and of that. Now Just you're give all me waking one of up those to what points. Nintendo is. I think it's smart of them not to try to do that. I think I to try to compete against PS4 and Xbox One now is just, you know, it's suicide. Like, you're never going to catch up. I agree that this is the chance where you roll the dice. You're like, all right, we're, we're this is what this thing's going to be. We see the rise in mobile gaming. We're going to embrace that. It goes everywhere. You're, one game is always with you. It's not like, you know, when Vita would play the Madden game. You're like, oh, this is terrible. And, you know, why can't I, even the show taking your saves back and forth? This is the, the device. And if it doesn't work out, we will finally give up and make everything for third party, you know? I feel like the Wii U was that chance for them. And... You know, the Wii U, I think, was a inflated self of sense based on Wii. It was the Wii was the most successful thing of all time. Clearly, we can do that's what people want. Or that's what that's what our audience wants. And they forgot that their audience was my mom who bought it and has it as like a cool party thing on the, when she has a barbecue. She, people end up mulling or doing something on there, mm-hmm. but they're not. There's not an attach rate to that. There isn't my mom being motivated to buy a Wii U. They they got tricked, I think, with causation and correlation there on what was going to happen this next time around. For yeah. sure. So topic two of the day is the one and only Andrea Renee. I want to know who are you? How did you get here? <laughs> what is your story and what do you do now? I can't believe we haven't talked about this before. You always come on. You're always, it's because it's, I don't think you've ever been and you'll correct me if I'm wrong because you remember more. It's, you, you always come on and help us out. You're, you're, you, we bring you as an expert to talk about a topic or you're filling in for somebody. This one's like you're the guest. This Ooh, is, you know, this is where we give exciting. you the full yeah. treatment. Kevin Rubberfeet. No, you, no, no don't do it, Kevin. Sorry. That's not necessary. No. <laughs> <laughs> I have my sneakers on. Um, so I come from Fargo, North Dakota. That's where I'm from originally. Yes. Like the acclaimed TV series and movie. Is that accurate? Is that a, is an accurate depiction of your hometown? Well, no, because almost all of it's set in Minnesota. Fucking but best. Fargo is a much flashier name than like Brainerd or Bemidji. St. Paul. Uh, yeah. I'm kind of into Bemidji. <laughs> Bemidji's um, cool. So I'm, um, I'm from the upper Midwest and I always knew I wanted to do something on TV. I went to school for journalism. I fell in love with the idea of being a journalist when I watched Channel One in middle school. Did you I guys ever Channel watch Channel One? One? I know Channel One. No. We had so in high school. in her early days. Um, so that was when I was like inspired to like do something on camera. What and is Channel I, One? Channel One is like a, it was a news program that aired in school like systems. Run. Yeah, like mm. in the morning for kids so that they could be caught up on world events. But it was approachable and it wasn't like like super jargony and they, it wasn't about stocks and murders and yeah. something right. horrible. It was like here's this pig farmer and he's done something cool. It wasn't all like fluff news though. Like no, I mean, no, 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 about no, international no, no. stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. So then I went to um journalism school at the University of Minnesota in Minneapolis, and after that, I in my senior year, I I knew that I wanted to not go the investigative route. I was like, even though my dreams of being Lisa Ling were strong. I was like, I don't think I've got the the stuff to do what she does. I was like, I really like celebrities and movies and TV. <laughs> this sounds fun. Let's go into entertainment news. So I moved to Los Angeles and um, started my career trying to be on red carpets and so do did you move there? No job. You just moved out. No job. Oh my gosh. Um, what did you do for money? So I did a pit stop between graduating college um, in Phoenix, where my mom was living, and worked full time. 
two jobs for six months just to bank money. And then I left to go to L.A. But when I got to L.A., I did the very stereotypical thing that a lot of uh, people in the entertainment business do. I got a bartending job. I was waiting tables at night, going to auditions, taking meetings during the day until finally I was able to book my first gig, my first Big hosting job, I say big in quotations, was working for a company at the time called Music Plus TV. They were one of the first like live streaming music video channels on the internet in 2007. They eventually changed their name to Vlaze after they got into a lawsuit with Viacom about <laughs> Music Plus TV, oh. MTV. A little similar. Um, but what I did is every morning at 8 a.m. I would stream for an hour and I would do news Local news, national news, international news, entertainment news. And then in between the news segments, we would play music videos. And that was essentially like my first paid hosting job uh, way back when. I got paid $25 a day to do Whoa, that show. Yeah, I was super excited about it. I was like, yeah, my first job. But coming out of college, you know, like you kind of have to take any opportunity you can, which is why I had to have like five jobs at one point in Los Angeles to pay rent and buy gas and things like that. So after that, I knew that I really wanted to go the hosting route and not really do journalism, which is why when people ask me like, oh, you know, do you call yourself a journalist? I always say, no, I call myself an on-camera presenter or a reporter because I don't think what I do really qualifies as journalism because it's very much like fluff news. You know, it's entertainment news. It's not stuff that's going to impact your life in a really crazy way, at least in my opinion, it doesn't. Um I got into games specifically um, the summer of 2008. It was a really rough time in L.A. It was right after the writer's strike. A lot of people in Hollywood were out of work. So trying to get jobs in the entertainment field was impossible because you have like really big name people who are trying <laughs> to get work, who are taking jobs for a lot less money. So for a startup like myself, it was impossible to get a foot in the door anywhere. Mm. And, you know, I had never thought about working in games. I'm sure you guys had that same realization at some point. You're like, I, I just like playing games yeah. in my spare time. You know, I don't think about like a career in games, which is so much different than today, you know, almost a decade later, not to date myself. But um, I saw an ad on Craigslist for a reporter for E3. And as a gamer, I was like, oh, my gosh, the opportunity to go to E3, like, this is intense. I really, really want this job. And he was like, well, I can't pay you, but I can get you into E3. And I was like, sold. I'm in. <laughs> so I submitted my, my reel like, and really? my resume. Okay. And I got hired by Torrance Davis, this guy who ran a site called thebitbag.com, which sadly no longer exists. But that was my very first video games job covering E3 in 2008. And that was the weird year that it was like in mm. Ketch Hall, like in the basement. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, the main halls of South and the West Hall weren't open. It was like mini booths. Um, so it was a little, um, a little different, but I was like, I was hooked. Like after that incident, I was like, how do I make this a thing? only work in games? Cause I just have loved doing it for so long. So after that, I kind of took random odd jobs here and there hosting for a variety of different shows. I did like a, a travel show. I did an internet dating game show. I did this weird uh, like foodie show where we would go to new restaurants and like interview chefs and you can't really find any of this online because I don't even think it's posted anywhere. <laughs> YouTube, that'll never take off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, but the first job that really kind of led me into a full-time career in games was when I was hosting This Week in Video Games with uh, Lon Harris and Jessica Villarreal. And you guys may know Jess, she's still working in, in games today. And I um, really 
like that was the moment that to kind of like pivotal moment in my career where I was like, I can do this full time. I can find mm-hmm. a company and keep working. And I started producing full time for this weekend.com. And that's when I also started working for Mahalo video games and Mahalo was one of the first walkthrough channels on YouTube way, like way, way back before it exploded into the scene that it is today. And they had an army of predators, the producer editors creating yeah, not Nick. walkthrough videos. <laughs> not Nick. No. Producer yeah. slash seducer out there. <laughs> no, I just meant I mean, we had, oh. we had a team of like 20 to 30 guys working around the clock doing walkthroughs for every game imaginable. Mahalo's library is is intense. And that's where I met um, Jovenshire, mm. so Hinky, Lasercorn, Flitz, all the guys at Smosh Games. Um, so we we all worked together there and that's when, you know, I met them and eventually, you know, was able to continue working with them when I left Mahalo and this weekend to go start Clever Games for Clever Media, which is now part of Defy Media. It used to be part of Alloy Digital, that crazy like... A lot going on there. Yeah, the business mashup that happened with those companies so weren't you at machinima yeah haven't got there yet oh, okay. i didn't know like how how in-depth you wanted me to go gotcha i mean hey i'm just keep going <laughs> so after i left clever games um i went to machinima um so i had started clever games but i was having trouble there because I started essentially started an outlet, an editorial outlet by myself, and I had no idea the challenges that were going to be in store for me. I found out about Metacritic and how important being on Metacritic is, because guess what? PR companies don't care about you if you're not on Metacritic. And this was before like the word influencer ever existed. So it was about forming relationships, being able to get review copies for games, being invited to these preview events, being invited to... E3 appointments, things like that. Like that was a huge learning experience for me. And I think I was just a little overwhelmed kind of doing it by myself. Yeah. And so when the opportunity arose and, you know, I had met some people working at Machinima and they were like, you know, we'd really love for you to come and work with us. Machinima at the time, like 2011, that's when they were like the top dog of the video game, you know, digital media business. I was like, yes. Let's do it. I was super excited about it. And I joined them and learned so much about like the back end business of YouTube video creation. I got to work with some really amazing directors creating content for the Machinima Home channel. People like Manslayer, who's famous for Machinima series like Gamer Poop, which if you guys have never seen it, it's hysterical. He's like a wizard at editing. Um and people like JT Machinima who do like music videos using Machinima and in-game music. So like a whole slew of like really creative people doing more like a high level programming, mm-hmm. like creative director kind of work, which was different than what I was doing. And I really missed like interviewing devs and being on camera. And so I eventually left Machinima to go back to work with the staff that I knew at Clever Games. Gotcha. Now and it's coming together. <laughs> and that's when I started working for The Escapist. So I left Machinima to go work with now Defy Media. And well, at the time it was Alloy Digital. And then they merged with Break Media to become Defy. And I started working for The Escapist and got to work with guys like Jim Sterling and Yahtzee and a whole bunch of really talented people over there doing Escapist News Now. And then I started running Smosh Games. I was the senior producer managing all of their production on a day-to-day basis. So let me tell you, those guys are unruly. They're really fun <laughs> and they're really talented. But 
it was just so much going on. And so eventually they had to hire somebody to just, that was their one job. Because I was trying to do three jobs yeah. at the same time. And I was like, I can't do it. So they hired a really talented guy named Matt Robb, who is now running um, Smosh Games with those guys. And that's when uh, Defy Media made a strategic partnership with Viacom to buy game trailers. And when game trailers came on board, I went to my SVP and was like, please, 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 can I work with game trailers? I love the team there. Like, I respect everything they do. I would love to be on board. Had some great meetings with Brandon Jones and said, you know, can we do something together? He was like, yeah, let's work together. And then I started working with game trailers. So that's, I think, about the time when I met you. Well, we we all met at VidCon when you were with Machinima. Right. So that was 2012, I think. Yeah, because that was it was the first year when, when Our first VidCon? IGN, IGN was doing Start. Yeah. So they sent us down there. And we were just kind of like, it was really just networking. And that's when we met you. And we're like, yeah. we had breakfast at that hotel <laughs> yeah. breakfast Hilton. spot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and uh, that was that was really one of those, like, the the... the first kind of opening experiences for us getting into the YouTube space because we didn't really know anybody. So you being at Machinima was kind of like us finally leaving the IGN game spot, you know, kind bubble. of like bubble <laughs> and then moving more towards the, the YouTube side of stuff. Yeah. I mean, there's a whole like set of strategies that you employ when you're talking about making content for a dot com and like this really proprietary audience and the things you need to consider when you're making content on YouTube when you have no control over how any of the back end of the platform works, what their algorithms are, and how often they change the algorithm, what their priority for SEO is, how important the first like four words of the title can be to your success, like the technique to making thumbnails, things like that that a lot of new creators have like no idea how to do. Mm -hmm. And when you're on a website, none of that matters because you dictate exactly what the design aesthetic and how you know your flow of content works. Yeah. So. Um, then eventually I moved, I moved to San Francisco. Um, I was working with game trailers and it was the fall of 2014 and, um, I decided, you know, to take my relationship to the next level and move in with, uh, John Drake here in San Francisco. Never heard of him. He got this great job at PlayStation, left harmonics. And, um, that's when I went to my boss at game trailers and said, Hey, like, I would love to keep working with you. Can we figure out a way to do that? And I was working freelance with them for a time and then, um, some things, you know, started changing there, and I kind of saw the writing on the wall, as happens with a lot of video game outlets these days, very sadly. And so I told Brandon, I was like, hey, you know, I know you guys are kind of strapped for resources. You know, I'm going to pursue some other things, you know, and, you know, wish you guys the best of luck. And um, now, today, I'm a 100% freelance independent contractor. I'm doing some really cool things, working with a bunch of people, working with GameStop. It'll be my two-year anniversary working with GameStop in May, which I'm excited about. I know a lot of people have misconceptions or preconceived notions of who they are, but I just want to say for the record, they are wonderful. Everyone I've ever worked with at GameStop, whether it's managers that I've met or producers on their team or even the executives are really just fantastic people. So... Mm -hmm. If you so think you, they're evil, they're not. They're really great. The stuff you do with them is the you're on the in TVs. Store. Yeah, yeah. When you go in store. So if you've if you've heard the voice at GameStop, <laughs> it is it is her. Yeah. What's exciting about that is that we're taking a new direction. Um, this year we're f moving away from some of the more like 
what I call kind of stiff marketing copy and um, I'm going to be involved with a lot of the writing there now which is really awesome so we're going to make it more editorial focused more like a preview really kind of give gamers a sense of the game that they're playing instead of just kind of like blanket like pre-order this and get this we really want gamers to feel excited about the game and really know like hey these are the new features if you're excited about you know Mirror's Edge Catalyst let me tell you what kind of gameplay you're going to get if you liked Mirror's Edge like you know kind of really telling gamers about the game instead of just you know making it super vanilla which is something i'm super pumped for and then of course gamer next door we already talked about yahoo so yeah so what's gamer next door so um i originally you know talked to playboy like like six to twelve months ago at this point about doing something with them we couldn't quite figure it out because they were in this transition as most people know now they are going non-nude they were like hey the internet's a thing boobs are a quick google search away (laughs) so they really kind of made a shift in saying like hey we want to go more towards editorial I mean the running joke about Playboy was always oh I read it for the articles but the reality was the articles are really good and so they said well we're known for our editorial let's expand it and so I you know talked to the team there and they were like hey you do video game stuff do you want to do video game stuff with us I was like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Pam and Amelia and, and Mike over there are really great, and I love working with them. And so I get to do my weekly news show awesome. from my home studio, which is fun. It's, I love being able to have control over the topics I get to pick and being able to interact with people on Twitter for our Tweet of the Week segment, which, by the way, if you guys ever have like memes or gameplay clips or videos and you want them to you know, be on the show, you can tweet to me at Andrea Renee. But, so that's been really cool. And then, of course, Yahoo has been awesome. So I'm just... Really, like, it's kind of, like, all come yeah. into fruition that for me. That sounds like so. a lot. Sounds like you're yeah. doing a lot now. Yeah. That's my question. So it's really frustrating for me sometimes when people are like, oh, she doesn't know games. She's never been in games. And I'm like, well, actually. <laughs> so the question I have for you is I think you have a different perspective than a lot of the guests we've had on, right? And definitely different than us, right? Because it's always like, oh, I worked this newspaper, and then I worked at IGN for eight years, and now I do this. Like, my, my timeline's very simple, where yours yeah. is all crazy. Like... How hard was it to keep going? I imagine there's periods, right, between jobs and this, that, and the other, and freelance mm-hmm. is a tough fucking life, and yeah. we don't talk about that a lot. Like, how do you, how, how, has it been, I'm not, that's not a misnomer on my side, I imagine, but has it been tough, and then how do you keep going through it? It's definitely tough. There's been periods um, where I haven't worked for months at a time, where you're, like, looking for the next thing, for the next fit, what's the right thing. Um, you kind of just got to let your passion lead you and a lot of people probably ask you guys the same thing they ask me how did you get into games media how do i get into games media it's probably the most common question you get from fans right and i say you only get into it if you wake up every morning and this is what you want to do it never wavers you're always wanting to do it it's like the primary thing that you think about if it's like a oh I, i like doing this on the side then this isn't for you and for me, like I always knew I wanted to be on camera. I always knew I wanted to perform and be somebody who's out there interviewing people. I love doing interviews with devs and with people like you guys. And I can't imagine not doing it. And that was really like the driving force for me to continue on. And I think that there were times in my career where I wasn't happy with a specific role that I was given. But I look back and go, you know what? Everything gave me knowledge or an experience that was overall really valuable to where I'm at today. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, 
yeah, it's hard. It's hard not having a paycheck and, you know, having to like dip into your savings and put things on credit cards and go, man, I really hope I get a paycheck next month. That's tough. I mean, you have to be really strategic about saving and being financially smart and going, oh, hey, you know, it's slim pickings right now. Maybe I don't go out to eat this week or this month. (laughs) Maybe I don't go to that movie or to that concert or you just got to kind of really trim back what you're doing. Like That's the life of being a freelancer. It's Mm -hmm. like really having control over your spending and then because the the phrase is feast or famine Mm. when you are freelance like when the work is there like right now i mean like i'm working all the time but like six months ago i wasn't working at all (laughs) yeah (laughs) you know so that's just that's just the way it is have you ever thought about kind of going the the route we did we're in a a different position just because like we're a group and we're doing this stuff but Mm. there's so many people that are doing the like single person influencer stuff and a lot of them are twitch streamers or this or that have you ever thought about that i have um a lot of people have asked me why don't i stream why why am i not on twitch and i look at the most successful streamers and it is a full-time job for them like they're streaming five to seven days a week sometimes sometimes three five eight hours at a time and i just don't have that in me um mostly because for me gaming when i actually sit down and play a game is a like more of a private experience Mm -hmm. and when you're on twitch you're on you're sharing your experience with up to thousands of people at a time and you need to be interacting with them and to be successful you really need to stick to a schedule and for me, with the kinds of companies I'm working with, my schedule is all over the place yeah. all the time, mm-hmm. and I could never really find a set schedule. I mean, look at your guys, like the success you've had, and it's because you're very like regimented. You're like, hey, you know, we got Colin Greg live in the morning, and we've got you know the games cast on this day, and mm-hmm. your programming is set so your fans know, like, hey, when I'm ready for my kind of funny, I just know exactly where to go and when to get it. And I just didn't, I wasn't ready to commit that kind of time to it, and that's really why I haven't done anything like solo yeah and i think that for me i even though i have the skill set to do some of that stuff there are so many more talented people that could edit better than i could edit that could do you know like video production better than me that could help me with you know the technical back end of what it means to be able to do like gameplay streaming and things like that and that's what's so beneficial about your guys's team is that you have that really well-rounded, you know, skill set. Yeah, definitely. I will say though that I don't completely agree with that because like you're <laughs> you're one of the few people that for as long as I've been doing this, you've been hustling like hard. That's always. true. <laughs> you're always there. You're at every event I go to. You're doing all of this stuff. And what's cool about you is, you know, even when I was with IGN, we'd go and then we have the, the you know, Greg and Colin would be on camera. I'd be behind the camera shooting whatever. And then I'd give it to someone else and they'd edit you were there and you were doing all that stuff. And it's like, maybe there was a camera guy with you, like following you around, whatever. But then you, when we go back to the war room and I'm handing the card off to someone else, he's handing the card to you and you're editing it and you're putting it up and stuff. And it's like, I've always been like, man, like she could just do this herself. You know, like, I feel like you just, you have so many skills and yeah, people could do it better, you know, better editor or better, you know, whatever it is like production stuff. But it's like, I think you're underselling yourself in the sense that you are <laughs> to say you're good enough is definitely an understatement. I think you you have all that it takes to like really knock it out of the park. And like your hustling ability is second to none. And I respect the shit out of that. Well, thank you. That's very, very kind of you to say. I appreciate that. But I can't take full credit. I've worked with some really amazing people over the years and some really fantastic production people who have been crucial to my success. So um, I appreciate that, but I cannot take full credit, as I've said. But I think when it comes down to it, I just 
can't manage it all mm. and I don't want to manage it all because I tried that. I tried the one man band like a lot of people out there are doing now, which hats off to them. I wish them the best of luck. But any successful YouTuber, influencer or streamer will tell you it's a shit ton of work. Mm-hmm. We're talking like 10 to 15 hours minimum a day, six days or more a week. Like it's I mean, you guys know yeah. it's oh, know. so much work. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I'm at an age now where I'm like, you know what? Sometimes it's okay to not work. It's okay to like spend time with your family and spend time with your friends and have a life outside of your career. Career is super important for me and it has been for a really long time. But now I'm like, you know what? I think it's time to like scale back how much I'm doing and mm-hmm. let other people kind of take that baton. And it's okay if I don't have a hand in every single pot anymore. So my question is in that you're scaling back, letting the next generation come up. Somebody's watching right now. They want to be a freelance host. They wake up thinking about video games every day. What isn't should be in their toolbox in terms of do they have to make a demo reel vlogs? Like I can tell you how to, you know, be a goon on the internet like us, but I don't know how to do it in terms of like I'd like to one day work with Playboy or do this kind of job with Yahoo. I don't know how you build a portfolio or build a skill set like that. Well, if you want to be a professional host, do you have to have training? First and foremost, like um, I highly recommend to people who want to do something professional and to either have some kind of communications or journalism degree. That's like the bedrock because a lot of these multi you know million dollar media companies won't even consider you if you don't even have a BA. Mm-hmm. You don't need to have like a master's degree, but like a four year education is very important for a variety of reasons. And then like additional training, improv classes were essential for me. I did improv in high school all the way through post college. That's like so important if you're going to be doing any kind of interviewing on camera. On camera training is important. But a lot of people who want to get into on camera don't realize that certain things, like you do things on camera. You move your arms in a certain way, your face in a certain way. You do certain things with your head or with your voice. And you don't realize that until you actually start training with someone who's like, hey, you know, you do this thing where you flap mm. your arms when you're talking on camera. That was a big thing. One of my hosting instructors was like, what's with the turkey arm? Mm. It's like, you're flapping your wings. And I, it's something like I didn't realize until I worked with a professional yeah. you know, a consultant sure. about trying to get better. And I think that's really important. I think practice, 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 practice. Like you can't practice enough. Practice reading. If you want to host on camera, grab a magazine or a book and just read it out loud and like, practice like reading it in different ways and figuring out why it sounds different and just like little things like that um that are super important and now with the way that you know online digital media is you can use your webcam or even your cell phone to to do vlogs you know that's a great way to start getting used to looking at camera and Mm -hmm. what that means to look at camera because a lot of people sometimes will just move their eyes around just little things like that is super important if you you know want to go down that down that road there you go. That's a great end to that topic. Where, so where can they find you? Um, I'm in a variety of places, but the best place is just to follow me on Twitter at Andrea Renee. That's where I post links to stuff that I'm doing both on Playboy, Yahoo or GameStop. I, I do have a website and a Facebook fan page um, and an Instagram and I'm on Twitch, but I'm, <laughs> I'm not really I don't actively post on all of those. I'm the most active on Twitter. So that's the best place awesome. to find me. So check out Gamer Next Door on Playboy. Check out esports.yahoo.com. Yahoo.com. <laughs> all that stuff and follow her on Twitter. Greg, yeah. Topic three. We're doing something a little bit different. That's today. right. I'm a very big fan of Lego Dimensions. I don't know if I've told you about this. Mm-hmm. A couple times. There's right, a lot cool. of Let's Plays. I was super excited. <laughs> there are a lot of Let's Plays here on youtube.com slash kind of funny games. Mm-hmm. So Wave 4 just came out. 
Wave five is in May, but that's all we know. Okay. So I wanted to grab somebody over there at TT Games, hug them tight, thank them for making the game, and then ask them what the fuck comes next. <laughs> and so when I said that, a whole bunch of people turned me down, but Mark Warburton, he accepted the challenge to come in, talk about what's happening, what the hell's going on, and where's Harry Potter? Your close personal friend, Mark. My close personal friend, Mark. We follow each other on Twitter. I think we met once at Comic-Con during the Doctor Who event. You think? Yeah. Let's see. I mean, a lot of people. Let's Andrea. see the interview. Roll the clip, Kevin. That's right, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here with the one and only Mark Warburton. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are you, my good man? I'm excellent. How are you? Not too bad. Not too bad. It's, it's, it's the end of our day here, so I'm looking forward to just putting my feet up and trying to relax for the rest of the evening. Understandable. It's an understandable move. You should do that. But first, I have to give you the whole rundown of LEGO Dimensions. I don't know if you're aware. I'm a big LEGO Dimension fan. Are you aware of this? Yes, yes. I've seen quite a few of your tweets that have gone on. It's, it's been great to see, actually. It's been uh, it's been really nice to have uh, such a big fan in our corner. So thank you very well, much for that. Uh, no, yes. Congratulations. Good job on the game. It's been a huge pain in my ass for my wallet. So I want to yell at you for that <laughs> to start with. But I, I'm still mystified. Not mystified, I guess, because I get it. But it's so surprising that it caught me that I got the bug for Lego Dimensions because really I had never given Toys to Life any kind of credence. I, you know, I, I played Disney Infinity here, saw this with Skylanders. I respected what they were doing, but I knew they weren't for me. And when you guys announced Lego Dimensions and then hinted at Ghostbusters and Superman, that's when I was like, well, I'm going to buy these things, but I'm sure it's going to be a kid game and da da da. But then I sat down and played it and, you know, at demos, and then you had you guys over. And then when I got the final version, you there's so much fan service in this game. Thank you so much for making it. No, no, it was it was our pleasure. I mean, that that's the key. It was always going to be a game about fan service. I mean, we're fans that that's the key to everything we do. We love these properties. We, we love Ghostbusters and Superman. And we grew up with them like Doctor Who. I, I grew up watching Doctor Who. So to actually get to make a game about it play around in that world is an incredible honor in and it's just so much fun i mean you know you say you work on a game well this didn't actually feel like work at all it was fun from day one till we put it on the shelves and it continues to be fun for us to work on and that's what i want to talk a bit about with i mean because i've talked about the game people have seen the let's plays all that different stuff for me with lego dimensions and having you in this this opportunity thank you so much for your time um it, it, what is it doing for you guys, I'm not looking for sales numbers, but I mean, is it is it exceeding what you expected it to do? Because it was coming up on it, there was already that conversation of like, well, there's already so many things vying for the Toys to Life market. Can this one survive? And it seems like it's done well when I see NPD or I see numbers. We, we, we it's unbelievably thrilled. Oh, I can't even get my words out. <laughs> You're uh, so happy we, about it. We were so happy, but I mean, I think for me, the, the, as soon as we released and my Twitter started getting really. You know, blown up, I think is the term. Yes, With the term. kids building their own gateways and sending me photos of it. And it's like, this is this is something else. This is something a little bit different from what, what we're used to. And then you start interacting a little bit more and more people start talking about it to you. It was just great. It, it, it's been a continuous exceeding of expectations for us. And we're so happy that we've got to go on this journey and continue with it. So... With what's happened, and I guess, you know, it, it finding an audience, it doing all these different things, has it changed the course of TT Games? Because, like, I always thought about it when it was coming up that if LEGO Dimensions hits, it's not the death of, but it becomes this conversation internally of, like, well, are we going to still make, there's this property we have, do we want to make a traditional LEGO game for it, or do we want to put it into LEGO Dimensions? Is, is that, 
Is that me being newbie and not understanding the business? Is, is there really conversations like that that happen? No, I mean, you know, I, I think you're right to ask that question. Um, but really, it's not really something that we've discussed as such. Um, our business has always been those core titles. I mean, we've got Star Wars The Force Awakens coming out this year, which they dropped a trailer for today, and it looks great. Um, and those are things we we'll always continue to do. Uh, we did uh, Avengers early on in the year which was another Arthur Parsons game, which was really pleased of. I, I loved its bits. So it's great that we can try something new, and we're in that position where we can try something new. Lego Dimensions, it, it was a new thing for us. You know, technology, Toys to Life, completely different brands across the world. We had the opportunity to do that, and we can continue doing the games that we've always done, people love. At the same time, it's, it's a really good position that we've put ourselves in. So going forward, is it, so now that Star Wars, you're doing this, you're back with Star Wars, which is crazy. I thought I never thought I'd see that happen. When you guys announced that, I was like, I did not see that one coming. Is it one of those that then, as the, one of the Lego Dimensions guys, do you then look at that and then start trying to figure out if you want to do a, a world for them, a dimension for them, some kind of level pack or whatever? I, I was just so excited when, when they showed that off. I mean, I, I am a fanboy first and foremost. I mean, that that's kind of, I, I love of games and I was a big fan of TT before I even joined the company. So when these games start being developed, I really try and stay away from the ones I'm not working on. Yeah. I, I just know like when, when Arthur was doing Avengers, I could see it in the corner of the room. So I just, just no, turn it off. I don't want to. <laughs> I want to see when it's finished and I can sit down and enjoy it. And it's the same with Star Wars. I could I can see them developing it and it's just like that looks great. Don't show it to me. I want to be a fan. I want to enjoy it like everybody else. And, you know, it's it's a good place to be in because there's so many creative people in that place and we do have different games on the go. And it's it's really rewarding because people can, you know, look at different ways to do the games and different ideas. And we've got different game directors who all have their own strengths. It, it's a real symbiotic uh, relationship that we've got going on. It's, it's a lot of fun. You're dodging questions, Mark. What is next for Lego Dimensions? That's what I'm asking. I want to know how you get what happens with these level packs. You just put out Wave Four. All we know after this is Wave Five with Slimer. What like what happens next? God damn it! Well, uh, let's see. Lord Vortex goes on a holiday. Uh, I think I might join him. No, you know what? I obviously we, we've said from the off we don't want this to be a one shot thing. We don't intend Lego Dimensions to you know just fade away. Um, I hope not anyway because my job rides on it. Uh, <laughs> You know, we, we really want this to be, and what we have, we built a system, in effect. We want something that is under your TV and stays there for a long, long time. And we can keep adding on and putting more content on whenever we want and whenever we see fit. That's, you know, why we've got the upgrade. We've got the download system. We, we did everything we could so we can continue to add to the experience as much as we possibly want to and can. And that's certainly something that people will see in the coming months. And that's I, what I liked a lot about it when you guys came out, you know, when you were talking about Lego Dimensions, what you kept saying is that, you know, the portal's good for, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, I think you said three years, right? Like, you're not going to nickel and dime everybody. There's not, there, you know, if there is another Lego Dimensions disc-based game somewhere on the line, who would expect it? That the, the you would still have the, the right portal for it. You wouldn't need to get something else. So clearly you guys are invested in the future. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, it was always about trying to develop the technology that lived up to that vision uh in a way you know we tried as, as best we can i think we succeeded in making everything that we needed in that hardware to last us for a long long time that was very important you know i mean 
we accept that it was a high asking point to, to get into Lego Dimensions. It was, but you've got a lot of content in there, and we want you to see that as we progress over the next two, three years, that it just continues to add and add and add, and it becomes this massive experience. So how do you get any work done over there? Because I imagine right now, you're as, as you know, Wave 5 is coming up. May it's coming out. Wave, wave 4 just came out. As you look towards, you got to start thinking about, well, what's next for you guys? And then I imagine it's got to be a million ideas from movie, TV, books, <laughs> games. You're just sitting there and you can, is it literally anything? Do you come up with, like, in the, I know you can't talk about going forward, but in ter- let's yeah. look backwards, right, in terms of what you've done when you, you have Simpsons and you have uh, Wizard of Oz. And granted, I think, you know, the superheroes are a bit easier because of the relationship and everything else. But looking back with those, like, even at, maybe from the planning purpose, was it simply we want to go do this. We want to get this property. And then you guys then talk to a lawyer who then went and talked to their, like, how does, I don't understand how you go and get these doctor who properties and bring them in. Yeah. I mean, it's really, it doesn't feel real still when you think of who we've actually got. Um, yeah. You know, the the doctor who one was a huge thing for, for me personally as well. Uh, I think personally, when we talk to them, we've got 11 years worth of games behind us now. You know, it's, it's 11 years since the original Lego star Wars came out. And God, people, I feel old. Well, yeah. <laughs> Tell me about it. Um, although I, I seem to be aging faster than some of the people who actually worked on that game. which is <laughs> um, But yeah, so people know what we're about. They know we can take these properties and these brands and make it into something that's fun and pays respect to what it is. You know, we're not going to take the mic. We're not going to, make Batman do something he, he would never in a million years do in a comic book or something like that. It'll be funny, it will be cheeky, but it pays respect to the brand. So when we go into these meetings with someone we've never worked before, the likes of Fox or Sony or someone like that, we can say, look, this is what we're about. These are the games we make and these are the games we want you to be a part of. Do you want to come on this ride with us? And we was very, very lucky with the dimensions that everyone just seemed to say, yeah, yeah, sign us up. Yeah, I think, you know, it's it, it speaks to your track record, right? That I think everyone knows Lego games. Even if they haven't played them, they know about them in some respect. That they're yeah. well-respected, they've been around forever, and people enjoy them. So, yeah, <laughs> why not get on board and why not get behind this? That, that's what we hope, you know, and that, it, it seems to have paid dividends for us. I mean, as you say, everyone's heard of the Lego games. Everyone's heard of Lego. Everyone's stepped on it in the middle of the night and cursed it. <laughs> I know I have. Um, but it's great. It's just anything. You can make anything out out of Lego and it just becomes something fun and unique and that's what's great about it and we can take things like Simpsons or Back to the Future which you'd never see together in the same game as soon as it's in Lego form it just works and makes sense yeah it does so the next thing I want to talk to you about is your community like did you when you guys went out in this did you expect there to be a community that rose up around it because, you know, I've been on the Toys for Games podcast. They were already going. I it was I, I didn't even think about the subsection of Toys to Life games and how they'd be there, let alone then taking your Lego fans, adding them to it, and seeing how they all go. It seems like there's a vibrant Dimensions community that does tweet you photos of their their builds and does, you know, put up Let's Plays and does all this stuff. Were you aware you were getting in that, or is that just the natural progression of what the Lego community already was and I just was ignorant to? Yeah, we, we are in a quite a strong uh, community, which was great. I mean, the, there's a few people who tweeted religiously about all things Lego but then Dimension seemed to take it to another level and it was just insane I mean that that's the only way you can really describe it, you just daily bombarded with messages and 
it was great. It's so much fun and rewarding to see people. And I think it was always nice when parents would get in touch to say, our kids have played the game, our kids have enjoyed the game. That's great. And it's always nice to, you know, get involved with the community as, as much as you can because that's who we make the games for. And for me, I think, and I, what I want to talk to you about is hire, hire a hero mode. Was that something you guys had planned for, or was it based on the reaction when people got the, their hands in the game? Because of course, if you're watching this, you don't know how you're you you run into things in the you can beat Lego Dimensions with the starter pack, you can get the platinum with the starter pack, but you do run into things in the game world that are like, well, if you wanted 100 percent the game, the in-game world, you need you know you need the Wicked Witch here to get into this thing, and if you don't have her, you can't use it until it seemed like you guys responded and put that in there. Is that how it happened? Yeah. So I mean, we we had considered it. During development, we, we considered something along those lines, and it had been sort of paper written down, and then the community spoke. They they sort of said what they liked about the game, didn't like, so we reacted accordingly. There's no point in working on something we intend, as we said before, for many, many years, if people are really saying they're unhappy with something. We go in, we try and change it, and that's why we built it as a system, so we can change it, we can make alterations and make people as happy as they can be. Is that like the benefit you think to building a platform rather than a game this time around? Absolutely. Uh, without a doubt. We, we can constantly look at it and see exactly what's going on. We can see what people are saying about it. If they're having problems or they're getting stuck. I mean, you know, uh, games, people still hit issues and we've got to address that. We've got to really make it the most seamless experience it possibly can be. So building it in this way, we can continue to support it and really make it something very worthwhile and very special. Now, I'm gonna I'm, I'm I'm dropping my interviewer title and <laughs> putting on my fan hat. Would you like a way to drive a whole bunch of people back okay. into the game and get them really excited about the game again? Always, yes. All right, yes. here's what you do. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if you got time. In t- I don't know if you have enough time for wave five, but whatever, wait, whatever <laughs> wave six is, whatever Lego Dimensions two is, whatever the hell you're working on that you won't talk about because you're a jerk. What <laughs> you do when you do that is you put out. You know how you have all the DLC trophies and achievements you add in there. Yes. Add in a ton of them for every one of the worlds. Give me a reason to go back into the d- different dimension hubs and do all the stuff. Because for me, like you, I know I platinum Lego Avengers and I platinum obviously all the Lego Batman games I could. When I go in there, I get excited that I'm about to do like a 30 hour experience of going through and having to get every gold brick and Ooh. having to do every race and having to do that. And for me with dimensions, platinum dimensions and then i felt and i and granted this is just video games being broken for me because of trophies i you know felt like i didn't have that reason to go into the dc comics world and do everything other than being a fan so you know i tinkered around but i never got lost in it and i'm just saying you go in there you toss in a gold trophy on every one of these worlds for doing 100 you got people in there playing for hours tweeting you more photos it's an easy win except for all the money you waste putting trophies back into the game well, so now comes the technical issue. So we have actually got achievements in all the level packs. Oh yeah, no, I know, I know that there's trophies in the level packs. So yes, yes, yes. But you're limited to the amount of gamer score you can do per year on the consoles. Mm. So we have to find a way to distribute that over the life cycle of the project rather than individually. So that's why we have the number we do. Uh, believe me, there was like. A huge list of achievements originally, and it's just technical limitations of the systems. Um, it's great, you know, if we could get around it, absolutely would. Uh, and I think achieve. I'm, I'm an achievement hunter as well. I, I love doing. It. I was playing the original Sonic the Hedgehog on my PS3 just before this call, just to try and get that last trophy. That's true. Um, That's true. But you know, it's it's one of those things. Um, 
Microsoft Sony, if you can increase the, the limits, then we'll absolutely do it. All right, I'll hit up Shuhei Yoshida. I can get you on Sony. Yes, That's yes, please promise. do, please do. And tell him to get that PS Vita back going as well. No, the Vita is alive and well, sir. I'll have you know. Thanks to games like LEGO Avengers, finally having a hub world, and you get to go around and do all the, the free roaming stuff. Solid Sanctuary is eventually coming. Axiom Verge is coming. I adore the Vita. I absolutely did. I, I got it day one, and it goes with me absolutely everywhere and the redesign that they've done on the the slim version is just even better um so yeah i i really hope sony continue with that for the long haul i, I love it i always knew especially now ps is on it yes 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 yeah no you know the vita it's gonna be this for the rest of its life but that's enough for me i get some trophies <laughs> I get to play some cool indie games that's good i like that yeah so mark when do we? What do we? When do we hear from you guys? Are you going to wait till wave uh, wave five is out and done, and then months later talk about what's next and what you're going to do? Or like, how much long do I have to wait till E3? Like, and I know you can't tell me the right date, but I'm just tell me when something's coming. Where's Harry Potter? Thank you. <laughs> Harry Potter. Wow. Did you play the original two games? Hell yeah. Did you like? Yes, I loved them. I reviewed them. Yeah, that was my first game at TT, the first no, Harry Potter. Oh, very well. Very well. Um, I assume you did everything on it, so good job. No, 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 no. That was an Arthur game through and through. Man, um, Arthur but, Parsons. Always trying to get all the credit. Well, he deserves it. It's very That's well true. earned. He's awesome. He's, he's, a, he's a great guy. Um, yeah, I mean, who knows when we're going to talk about it. You know, obviously we'll be at E3 for one thing or another, so maybe then, maybe not. I, I, I couldn't possibly comment. I hate you. I dislike that. Cause it's I know. Be, it's got to be coming. You've, I mean, you guys did such a good job of, you know, getting, I mean, we're talking about things that are coming in May, which awkwardly is right before E3, and I'm sure it was part of your plan. So you get to go there, and you get to announce LEGO Dimensions 2, and hear all things, or you don't announce LEGO Dimensions 2, and you just announce a bunch of level packs and team packs and stuff, and that's cool too, but I just want to know when it's coming so I can get more <laughs> excited. And this is back to the community thing, that you've built a fan base like this. I'm going over to thebrickinquirer.com, I'm looking to see what leaks they got. Like, this is what you've made me, you've reduced <laughs> me to this, Mark. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. Well, th the thing is, people know they don't tell me these things because I have the worst uh, reputation for just talking. I I'm I'm such a fanboy that I'll just talk to anyone about anything at any time. And I think people have learned that lesson now, so they don't tell me anything until they absolutely have to know. Okay, well then let's do this then. You know nothing. Good. That's what I, I like that. Doc I don't, people tell me that daily anyway, so, you know. <laughs> and there's people on the street. They're just your barista. <laughs> there, yeah, yeah. You know nothing. It's just okay. Thanks. Enough. Sorry, I'll get out of the road. Uh, yeah. Doctor Who is a dream for you. What are other dreams you'd love to see put into Lego? It was the two, because I'm a big Doctor Who fan, and I'm a huge Superman fan. Yeah. So messing with, with him in any way, shape, or form was just a dream come true. Um, one of the, the privileges I had when I started on the project, it was actually my first time over in L.A. So I went to the D.C. offices and met oh them, and I was, I, I was just a quivering wreck. Yeah. It was, the, the, they, they were showing me around the offices and all these comic books and stuff that, that I grew up with a fan. I was just like, this is, this is nuts. So it's like, I, I, right, stop try and be professional you're here to do a job oh my god it's superman versus muhammad ali issue <laughs> fail fail all yeah, across yeah, the yeah. you can't pull it, it together it, sometimes yeah it, it was great and then other things start coming through like uh bob gale was at e3 you know talking about back, back to the future, future yeah. this this is this is insane and then we do a sound record the week later with gary oldman wow 
I just, what 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 is going on here? And I think my, my highlight personally was uh, we got J.K. Simmons to do the portal stuff the day after uh, he won his Oscar. Wow. Um, it's just that, that's crazy. That really is. I do say, though, I would absolutely – I still have a problem with Arthur getting Kevin Smith for, like, a Batman 3 because I'm a big Kevin Smith fan. Sure, us too. Uh, and uh, I would have loved to have got him for Dimensions, but Arthur went and swiped him instead. Like, you can yeah. still get him. You can do the it'll – be, it'll be very aged up for your demographic, but you could do the View Askew universe. I, I would love to. Right? That would be awesome. Blunt Man and Chronic in yes. Lego Dimensions. It'd be so good. <laughs> a lot of, a lot of adults be- are playing. This is an expensive game, you know. Like, I see it all the time. I'm, I, all my friends, all all the best friends out there from Kind of Funny, they tweet me. I know I got Trevor Starkey on this, and he's got, you know, units and units built up. It, it, it's weird because, you know, so we do get a lot of messages from adults saying, put this into the game. It's like, that's not really our demographic. That that might be a little bit different. Thanks, thank <laughs> you for the suggestion. But um, no, no, we, we we'll we'll stick with someone else. But yeah, I'd I'd love to do anything with Kevin Smith to be honest with you. And it, it it's great. I mean, the dimensions just you, you can't help but tripping over amazing properties, yeah. and that's that's the cool thing. I mean, Fox Simpsons. It's the Simpsons. It's it's the culture of everybody, and we got to play around with it. It was brilliant. All right, so then I got two for you that you need to chase. Okay. Number one, I mean, the, my honorable mention, but I'm sure it's in the bag is Harry Potter, but I'm sure you're already working on that. You already did these Harry Potter games. You know the universe. You got the assets. You just copy and paste. There you go. You made a game. Uh, but the two you Don't need forget, to chase. that's all the consoles. Yeah, uh, I know. Oh, the- you up-res them. It's easy. You put, in, you put more shine on them, more pixels in there. It's, it's simple. <laughs> now you sound like a producer, and that's usually what I say when I go and ask the art people, and then they throw something at me. So, you know. <laughs> Just tighten up the graphics on level three. It's simple. <laughs> do this. Can you do that? No. No, that takes a week's work. But no. So okay. the two, two I, what I loved, uh, I think the level pack that gets, is, was awesome, doesn't get enough love, is uh, Lego, or Portal 2, Portal 2, the Portal Dimension. Mm. The Portal Dimension was awesome, and I was a big fan of it, and I'd love to see more crossover content with you and other video games. That's why, and I'm going to take credit for it when it one day eventually has to happen, I, I demand Uncharted. Neil Druckmann was tweeting about Dimensions, oh and I connected God. him with you guys, and I've never talked to anyone about it. I assume Lego Uncharted is happening because of Greg Miller. Make it happen. Thank I you, Kevin. saw that tweet. I saw that tweet, and I was like, "Oh my goodness!" Uh, I was just like, I kept thinking, "Should I, should I tweet him back and say only if you give me a copy of Uncharted 4?" <laughs> no, but you know, those, those are all discussions with the the lawyers going. With. That'd be great. And I think the cool thing about Portal as well. I mean, Valve are the masters of video games. There's no other way you can describe them. They they know storytelling a video game, and everything they touch is just. Gone. There's, that's all is, and then for them to say, yeah, okay, you can you can take our property and put it into yours, and you know do what you want to do with it. Which just like, is this actually happening? Is this, is this real? <laughs> um, where, when's the other shoe going to drop? And it was great because we got to get all the characters back that they they'd use in the portal games, and you know get them to do new lines, UVO, and what what an amazing experience. And you know you know if something else comes up with uh, other game franchises, then yeah, it'd be great. In my second, don't try to get out of this yet because I'm pinning you down. This one I've done no re- no work on, but I think would work really well for you is The Witcher. The Witcher's got a huge fan base. It's a huge world. It's kind of like Lord of the Rings. Just copy those assets over. Make a little Geralt and a Triss and, a, and the other one. 
There you go. You got. You got a game. We, we did just talk about adult content in video games. But you don't have to. I, I, okay, sure. There's adult content in Portal. You know what I mean? They're, they they talk yes. and they make references and jokes. I mean, you don't have to put the Witcher sex in there. You don't have to have any of that. Well, so we don't collect Lego cards. Uh, you know when when no. Um, let's leave that one way alone. The Witcher. <laughs> <brilliant. laughs> <laughs> I, I love the Witcher, and I think my my bosses actually been amazing as well. They did a terrific job with that as well. Um. I think the thing with Dimensions is you're saying it now. We can go anywhere. We literally can go anywhere, and it just sort of makes sense because of the story we've done. So I don't know. Who who knows what comes next? All right, Mark. You're a real piece of garbage <laughs> giving me no solid leads here. But thank you so much for talking to us today. I will I'll try my best, and hopefully if we run into each other at E3, I can give you a few more secrets. There you go. Yeah, whisper it all in my ear. I was the first person to ever have Superman, remember? I had yes, him. Yes, she was. Yeah, that was... That months was, and that months was and months early. <laughs> Out of that, that's that's what happens when you, uh, you you're such a fan. Well, thank you, and it's, it's easy to be a fan of you guys. You do so much great work, so thank you for everything you're doing, and tell the whole team they've been great. Thank you very much. Keep on going with the podcast as well. Uh, we we all listen to them religiously, so kind of funny is a staple of the office. So please continue with that as well. Will do, Mark. Thank you so much. Thank you. So, Greg, yeah, that was cool. Thank you. So, Harry Potter. No, no, I, it's gonna happen, okay. guaranteed. Mm, my brother's I, not quite juiced about that. He's not. Well, not that it's. Not happening now. There's no way it's not happening because okay. I mentioned in the interview BrickInquirer.com, of course, the, my go-to source for Lego Dimension news. Brick right? Inquirer. An yeah, I like it. Yeah, it's it's a fan site all about Lego Dimensions. So you better goddamn believe I'm all over it. What up, Brick Inquirer? Uh, and they had the leaked list of with like they had, but it was all like code words, like mm. abbreviations, and there was an mm. HP in there. Oh. And again, they've made the Harry Potter games. It's a Warner Brothers franchise. That's easy. That's gold. They're gonna do that. And then, like I said, when Uncharted happens, everybody, that's because of me. I hooked Neil up with TT Games. It's because of me. Thank Brick Inquirer. Brickinquirer.com. Is, is a website. Yes. Do you know what that website was built in? No. Maybe I Squarespace. It was Squarespace because this topic <laughs> is brought to you by Squarespace. Building a website can be tough. And even if you do know your way around, way around coding, creating something that looks good and works well is a time-consuming affair. Whether it's for a business site, a portfolio, a restaurant, or whatever else in this day and age, you probably need one anyway. Lucky for us. Squarespace makes it easy to build beautiful websites without breaking a sweat. Squarespace provides simple, powerful, and beautiful websites that look professionally designed regardless of skill level, no coding required. Not only does Squarespace provide you with intuitive and easy-to-use tools to create your website with, they also have state-of-the-art technology powering your site to ensure security and stability. And you know you can trust in Squarespace when millions of brands have used them, including our original site, kindoffunny.com. Word. Seriously, you can't beat the ease and simplicity of Squarespace. They give you 24-7 online support and a beautiful website. So what are you waiting for? Start a trial with no credit card required and start building your website today. You can make a fan site for whatever you want and Greg will follow it because he's what? That's not true. I won't follow every Anything, fan. If, any you, fan if you make a Lego Dimensions Tweet site. Game over Greggy, your fan site that you made on Squarespace. I'm, I'm Using like, promo code kind of funny to get 10% off your first purchase and show support for kind of funny games. We thank Squarespace for the support. I'm, kind of funny I'm on brickandwire.com. Build it beautiful. I'm on. I'm on here. Uh -huh. I'm, uh, it, Jason Greer runs it here. It. I mean, this here. I'll go back to the front page. It looks like it could be a, a Squarespace site because it's beautiful. It, it was. It, it looks like it was built beautiful. It does look like it was built beautifully. Good. It's got a blog roll. What was the other? Tag it's on? optimized very nicely for mobile. You should. The security on it seems airtight. <laughs> 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 All right. Topic four, as always, brought to you by the kind of funny forums. Go to kindoffunny.com slash gamescast topic to leave your questions and we'll get to them at some point, just like we're doing right now with a Morton Joe. He says, Amigos. Read the whole thing. How Hola. are you? My question. Estás? 
My question is simple. We talk all the time about games that make us sad, happy, laugh, or cry. But have you ever played a game or came across something game in a game that has offended you? Don't think so. Mm. That That's offended, offended me? Yeah. Oh, definitely. Like what? All of GTA 5. Really? Really? Listen, I'm in a camp that I don't play GTA anymore. The one GTA that I went all in on was Vice City. But now I just like, I started it and I had to stop. Because I just, I couldn't deal. It's just not, it's just not for me. It's just like, I get that a lot of video games have violence. I play violent games myself. But like the way the GTA handles it, I just, I just don't like. Just don't like it. Right. So it's the violence of it. Like what, yeah. like Trevor? When he's hitting no, the people? idea that like you're reward, like that you're rewarded for, you know, like oh, essentially like murdering women in the game. I mean, you murder guys in the game too, to be fair. I'm not trying to be sexist. The internet will explode if I don't recognize that you also murder men in that game. <laughs> um, but for me, I just like, I don't know. I just don't, just, just don't like it. Okay. Why you call? Okay. I don't really get offended by Fiction, I guess, but things that are thought-provoking uh, to me. I thought I still think Spec Ops is a great example mm-hmm. of uh, um, you're killing American soldiers. Um, not to say that their lives are any more or less valuable than anyone else, but it's just not a perspective that we have a lot. And and so when you hear them chattering to each other, speaking American English to each other, and you're just lighting them up, um, it's a, just a different perspective that was thought-provoking. I don't think I was offended by, it, but I was like, huh, I've never killed. Uh, mm. American soldiers in a game really before I've killed Nazis and you know other people as you know like, like faceless soldier yeah. guy but not dudes like talking to each other in a hallway about like their family or whatever and going home and you're just capping them in the back of the head you know um, it was certainly an interesting perspective I assume it's a similar thing that people in other countries playing games where you're killing you know you know like I'm not saying you know like if you're a German and you're playing a World War two shooter not that you're a Nazi, obviously you aren't, but you are killing people that, you know, are maybe somehow related to you, speaking your language, you understand them, you know, like that was a, that, that came to mind instantly when you said that was, you know, I wasn't offended by it at all. I love that they did that. Um, but yeah, that was certainly a thought provoking and unique experience. Correct. Yeah. I've been offended lots of times. Um, going home, Firewatch, Metal Gear Solid 5, the uh, Ground Zeroes, where are the fucking platinum trophies? Like it's an insult. It's offensive and it's a goddamn insult that these fucking games don't have platinums mm-hmm. and they can get the fuck out of here with this shit. My Steve God, Steve Gainer, you're out of control with the gun. Yeah, you platinum. really are. How can you got home? Like, got home doesn't deserve a platinum. I love platinum. Dude, Taco Master. I have a bajillion platinum. Dude, Taco Master. Yeah, Taco Master Pearl shouldn't have had one. But They're, it did, which means the scale's <laughs> broken, which means Gone Home, which is more of a game, a better game than Taco Master deserves it. Was a better this game isn't than Taco about. Was shocking. This isn't about. You know, fixing the system. It's about honoring great games, games that deserve platinums with platinums. That is the that is what a real game has a platinum trophy. I'm not. It's not that I'm even mad at Steve Gainer. I'm disappointed in him. My God, Greg, you're a monster, and I appreciate that. Bez eighty seven <laughs> has a really long question that I'm just going to oh, kind of boil dear down. God. Here. Hello, best friends. My question is: When are we going to see the death of in-game loading? I feel like in this day and age, loading shouldn't be an issue anymore, but playing Bloodborne, there's a lot of loading. Oh, GTA got it right by loading the game at the start, but then there's still a lot more. Blah, blah, blah. When's loading going away? Never. Yeah. That's just how games work. Yes, right? it's not going to go away, but it will It will get better, and, and games are doing it and optimizing in different ways. I think The Division is a great example of a game that, that 
doesn't typically load. It takes a long time to get into the game and then load the game, but the game does run pretty seamlessly when you're going in and out of buildings and in and out of quests and stuff like it that. It does a really good job, right, yeah. when you go into your HQ that, like, that when you suddenly can't run anymore and, like, your friends disappear, that's because you're go- it's loading your instance, right. your hub world, and then right. back out to the The only public. game that stands out to me as the one game I recognize as never seen a loading screen is God of War. Mm. Like, that's it. And again, it's because they hide them. Yeah, really they well. do. Well, you're cutting right. through the, yeah. the no, rocks. Right. It's, well, that's what we're talking about, right? Not right, like those right. epic Skyrim loading screens that or you the spend the whole time playing, oh. right? Yeah. So I think, like, yeah, it's a simple question. It's the thing about it is, like, is you know, load exists because of how big the game is, right, and how competent the machine is, but. When when the machine gets better, the games get bigger. Yep. That's the whole thing. You're not gonna ever see it go away because they're always gonna be chasing each other. Yeah, yeah. I think it's just about hiding it properly and and not you know like Bloodborne's a great example. I know that they patched it and made it better, but when Bloodborne came out, the load times in Bloodborne were fucking yeah. absurd. Like it wasn't even long or like I was like you could literally go take a shower like during these load times. And this is a game where you're supposed to die hundreds of times, and I'm sitting here for bad. minutes and minutes at a time like waiting. I was like, how did you ship the game like this? Yeah. A game like that was really a, for what I thought was a, a pretty great game. I, I was like, that's insane. I mean, I couldn't believe the load times in that. So Something, it is unimmersive. Um, Rise of the Tomb Raider did really well. Their loads were quick. If you died, you instantly were right back in it. Mm-hmm. So back in the day, like before CD games, like all the cart based mm-hmm. stuff, there was no loading at all, right? Was nope. there any cart game that had loading? No. Not that's that I can think of. Yeah, but we're never going back there. Unless Nintendo brings it back with the NX. Um, X can give it to you. Next question <laughs> comes from AP Newman. If console exclusives went to PC, how do you think it would affect console hardware sa- sales? And is there a loss of sale overall? You're going to find out with Xbox One. Yeah, we're seeing the, it um, I still think these audience... There's a Venn diagram overlap of these audiences, but I do think that... Um, it would. Uh, it's obviously going to erode sales. I'm. I think Xbox One is going to be the, the litmus test now with, uh, with Quantum Break, which wasn't going to sell very well to begin with. But you're... You know, <coughs> not because it's bad. Not because it's bad. Because it's it's all. It's just not going to sell very well. It's the same thing with like Sunset. It's just like a weird idea. Yeah, and it's just not. You know, it's not Halo or Gears or whatever. So it's not like I don't. I, I don't know that they have a lot of expectations for. It, but we'll the the proof will be in the pudding with that uh, soon because they're certainly taking a different um, mark than PlayStation, which still hasn't put a first party Sony published game uh, on PC. They put second party Sony published games on PC. But none of the first party. So until that, until that happens, until you see an Uncharted or a God of War or a Bloodborne or something like that, on and we're not going to know. We're not going to have like an apples to apples comparison between the consoles. But I, I, my assumption is it's not going to affect it as much as people think. Yeah, I don't think it's going to affect it at all. But it is important to note that you know, uh, Tomb Raider, uh, Rise of the Tomb Raider sold way, way, way better on PC. So um, it could just say that that game's audience is there already, or that that game's audience knew that it was coming on PC and waited. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll be interested to see the Quantum Break numbers. Clintimus says, hey guys, I have a question about YouTube and creating content around games. I know you've covered this subject before on Game Over Greggy's show, but I was hoping that you might go into more detail, specifically when it comes to making content for YouTube centered around video games. I have high quality videos on my channel of me let's playing games. They hardly get any views. I spend a lot of time in the description, title tags, etc. I just don't see any results. I thought this was interesting with you here. How do you, how do we make content around video games for other people? The first step, if you're on YouTube, is to read the creator playbook. Mm-hmm. First step, number one, just Google creator playbook and read it front to back. I don't think it's just s- youtube.com slash playbook. playbook. Yeah, yeah, don't skip any sections. Like, in make sure you're doing all of the best practices that they outline there. That's step number one. Mm-hmm. 
Step number two is making a niche audience. Right now, it's too difficult to do everything. You have to pick something and stick with it and be the best at that one thing. Mm. There's just way too much saturation with people trying to be like, I'm going to do a generic gaming channel. It's like it's you and a million other people doing that. So pick like your favorite thing, the thing that you can spend the most amount of time with and won't get sick of and you love. Whether it be Minecraft or Call of Duty or, you know, Destiny or whatever your game of choice is, pick it and stick with it and don't deviate. I think, you know, even going beyond that, and it's not just games, too, because I think a lot of people get hung up on like, all right, it's Minecraft or it's Destiny or whatever. I think that one thing could be video game news. Or video game reviews. Like you could do everything if reviews are what you're focusing on or if a news product is what you're doing. Like you look at like the Daily Fix at IGN or like they're just news shows and stuff. That I think would be is great if you're into that side of it. If you're into the more just like reporting side and that's what you want to do. I think that's a great thing that not enough people on just like the the starting out level are doing. I think a lot of people jump into the Let's Plays and stuff. Yeah. And I think that's such a... A, the deep end of the pool and there's so many people swimming there already. Specialized in stuff. I mean, they, you, what you're talking about right now, PS4 trophies, right? When a new game drops and I'm having trouble or I want to know how to get this, I immediately go to that because I know that's what he does. He yeah. puts those videos up and they're there. And then it's the same thing with what you're saying is, yeah, specialize in something. I mean, we've mentioned Brick and Choir and Toys for Games today, right? Because we're talking about Lego Dimensions and they talk about that and then they collaborated with me. So do something unique, specialize in something and collaborate with people, right? Because then you get into the lexicon and their audience and all these different things mm-hmm. and obviously be genuine i think that's the most important yeah. thing like no matter what you're doing is be true to your voice and what you believe in what you actually like like i love nintendo so i'm st- i'm going to bring up nintendo forever even if colin you know fights me but it's like that's that's the fun of it you know and like that's kind of the whole point people come to us because they know that we're gonna we're gonna do that and you guys with playstation and all the, the other things oh, that yeah. you love so it's like and the games uh, toys to life stuff you know like you're gonna talk about lego dimensions even if no one else is even if the let's plays don't get views you're gonna keep doing them because that's what you want. And you confuse Kevin, don't worry. You know, you know what I mean. <laughs> he yeah. doesn't look worried. Kevin looks he half looks asleep. worried. <laughs> he looks he, like he got clipped a, by a he's truck. He's in a full on sugar crash right now. <laughs> Do you need to go get more candy to keep going? We're almost yeah, go, done. Go get some candy. Kev. Bring the jelly beans in. <laughs> so did you, oh they're here <laughs> god damn it Kevin I love that guy All right. oh, there he goes dropping the beans final final question of the day Colin this one this one's for you I was oh, no. curious as to why pixel art in games is so expensive and difficult to use I've looked online and haven't really been able to find a thorough explanation as to exactly why this is having played Super Mario World in pixel perfect mode on the new Nintendo 3DS I've kind of appreciate the beauty of the game even more now than I did when it originally came out that was from Popcorn Shower. Wait, well, you mean like like buying the art assets? No, like making them. Like it's way more expensive to make pixel art than it so is like to Street make Fighter like a Five. Model. And we're always right? talking about Ego. 3D. Yeah, Egovania and stuff. Yeah, like Egovania is even two point five D. So the the I so there's multiple reasons why. A like if you look at a game like Castlevania Symphony of the Night, which I think is one of the most beautiful games of all time, like easily. Um, these are so these these enemies or these characters. So you know Alucard, for instance, or Dracula are animated. Uh, frame by frame with pixel art, so it's it, you have to like hand you have to do this by hand basically um, And uh, it's super expensive the other thing that Iga was saying to me Which is interesting when you know because we I've talked to Iga many times about uh, bloodstain, which I'm super excited about um, Is that there's just not that many people anymore that can do it and do it well So like do it up to that level because there's a lot of like pixel art 8-bit or 16-bit inspired or even 32-bit inspired games out there that do pixel art Not very well um, 
so he was saying to me that like one of the big problems and why Bloodstain is 2.5D and why Mighty Number no. 9 is 2.5D, which is not an EGA game, but similar reason is that it's just really expensive because you have to find people that can do it properly and it's a dying art. Um, and so these people can demand money and time and it takes a lot of time and it might not be worth it. I'm super disappointed that Bloodstain and Mighty Number no. 9 are both 2.5D, but if they do that because it is just cheaper to make a model that you can then program to animate um, without having to do it literally frame by frame. So um that's kind of a nutshell kind of reason why, but it's it's even more complicated than that. Yeah. Because it's hard. Yeah. But it's hard beautiful. It takes a lot of work. It's it beautiful. beautiful. It's yeah. my favorite thing. This episode is brought to you by Loot Crate. Loot Crate is a monthly subscription box service for epic geeking gamer items and pop culture gear. For less than $20 a month, you can get four to eight items that include licensed gear, apparel, collectibles, unique one-of-a-kind items, and more. Make sure to head to LootCrate.com slash KFGames and enter code KFGames to save $3 on any new subscription. LootCrate is more than just a subscription service. It's an entire community of fans that share their experience and interact with each other around the unboxing of each month's crate. And they guarantee over $40 in value each and every crate. Sometimes there's a lot more. Every month there is a different theme and all items are curated around that theme. There's been, you know, themes for Zelda and Star Wars. There's the villains one with the with the Versus. No, yeah, versus. No. Mirror, mirror. Bearded Spock versus regular Spock. <laughs> <laughs> April's theme is Quest. We're forming a party to explore everywhere from far off kingdoms to worlds hidden within worlds with exclusive items from Labyrinth. Awesome. Oh, yeah. Harry Potter, History Channel's Vikings, and Uncharted 4. And of course, we've got our t-shirt and loop pin to help equip you for your adventures. Remember, you only have until the 19th at 9 p.m. Pacific to subscribe and receive that month's crate. And when the cutoff happens, that's it, Jack. It's over. So go to lootcrate.com slash kfgames and enter code kfgames to save $3 on your new subscription. I missed today. the Mass Effect exclusive uh, the, Yeah, the, the crate, Super Crate. And I like had a full on like meltdown. I was like, no! <laughs> <laughs> Christine so had me sad. hitting up like contacts at Loot Crate for that and stuff. And then, uh, but I, and every day she'd ask me if they'd send you. I'm like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bug these people that I barely know. <laughs> I would. You should too. Lootcrate.com slash kfgames. Um, speaking of loot, are we going to open the swag bag now or are you guys going to wait and do that later? Oh, we could do it now. Sure. It could be Let's fun. do that. Let's do that. So Andrea Renee moved and now she has all this video game stuff she doesn't want. No. <laughs> Hold on. Which is like that's our entire house. That's well. only part of the story. So I have a lot of stuff that's unopened stuff mm. that I've gotten from conventions, stuff that, you know, publishers sure. have been kind enough to send to me and I haven't really had a place to put it. And now that I have a new studio, I realize I just don't have room for this all. And uh-huh. I, and instead of just randomly, you know, giving it away, I thought I'd bring it to you guys and we could see if, you know, the kind of funny friends wanted to maybe well, win some stuff. Of course, we'll on Colin and Greg that. Live, twitch.tv slash kind of funny games, each and every day, we add something to the pro- Friday prize box and then give it away on Friday. Yeah. And you know, there's no, no subscription necessary, though. It helps. So here's a hint at what you might be winning from the swag bag. This one's already it literally giving, says swag bag. I'm giving, this one's getting <laughs> given away on Friday, so it's not even worth putting in the video. So that's the whole thing? Yeah. I, that's just I want to put everything we put so far a into this bag. and a sweatshirt inside that bag. Oh, okay. So LA Cops. Oh, wait, what was it? Was that game LA it Cops? It was a great indie game, yeah. Yeah, yeah, we did a Let's Play on it a mm-hmm. long time ago. That was awesome. All right, we got... What do you got, Santa? That's a Call 1080p Call of Duty camera. Well, we'll probably take that. A 1080p camera? Yeah, you might want to keep it. Kevin loves this. Came, this came that. with like this came with the hardened edition of Call, Call of Duty oh, Ghosts, gotcha, and I've never gotcha. used it. We got Uncharted, the Nathan Drake collection on the PlayStation Four. <laughs> oh God! That is <laughs> some Assassin's Creed. That is the Hidden Blade. Oh, Hidden Blade. Shoots it up. Not that well. I mean, it pops. It does out. have a crossbow. No, it yeah. Out. 
Oh, okay. My apologies, Kevin knows more. Oh, a PlayStation a cover. That is, PS- uh, that is a custom Street Fighter V PS4 faceplate. I'm not going to show you it. I'll show it. It's you beautiful. just hand it over. Don't worry. All right? <laughs> we're not giving it away here. No, we're just showing it. We're letting people know what's going we got so the t-shirt is, that she's that wearing. That is Whoa. the men's version of the t-shirt I'm wearing with uh, Batmax or Bayman. Your choice. I Let's don't go know. with Bayman. I'm going with Bayman. <laughs> we got the Street Fighter V Designer Collection book. The Walking Dead complete first season yeah. plus 400 days on PS4. Season 2. Yeah. I thought this was all going to be garbage. There's good stuff in here. Mm-hmm. Battlefront on PS4. There's a lot of big stuff in here. There's like bags. You don't have to bags. show it all if you want. There's some There's fun don't, toys don't inside that butcher bag. We got. So this is actually a large, but it's a ladies' tee because I know you oh, have nice. ladies' fans as well. Dungeons and, and Dragons. And like me, I always have trouble getting good gaming Dungeons ladies' Dungeons. stuff. Sure. So. A CD. Assassin's Creed Unity soundtrack. And then other stuff okay. that we will reveal at a later. Is there anything I want in anything? You got some. Should I dig through it on no, my own? There's no bullshit in here. Hey! <laughs> whoa! 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 Hey! <laughs> Until next week, make sure that you check us out over on FallenFantasyXVUncovered.com. <laughs> Unless this is Thursday or Friday, because then it's over. Yeah, but uh, we're going to be streaming Wednesday, March 30th. Watch me, me and Greg do stuff. Be nice in the chat. I'm sure a lot of people are going to be really, really, really mean to us. So no, that'll be just fun. show up and say hi. And um, until next time. Andrea, thank you so much for being amazing and joining us. Thanks for having thrice. me, guys. Thank and thanks you. for letting me talk about myself for like 20 minutes. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> I love it. It's great. Till next time. I love you.